What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Long Island Sound Podcast, your source for everything Isles and the only Islanders podcast to sit next to Matt Barzell on his flight back to New York. I'll get to that in just a minute. I'm one of your hosts, Damon Vettiri, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-hosts, Ben Cohen. How's it going, guys? And Kenny Ivero. What up? What up? So uh, we've got some news to cover as prospects camp uh, are opening up around the league. And uh, for this episode's natural hat trick, we're going to be covering the Metro division, uh, where we think the Isles stack up against their rivals and who each of us think will win the division. But first, how you boys doing this week? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I think I might be getting sick, but uh, I'm going to battle through because I'm a hockey player. Just for you guys. We appreciate it. Uh, Thanks, I uh, just started my junior year uh, Wednesday. This was filmed Friday. Is today the 6th? Okay, yeah. Uh, so I'm third day of school done. Relieved to be doing something other than physics and calculus. I can't even imagine what it would be like to be a junior again. I would drop out. <laughs> Looking back on it, it's just a waste of time. Oh, yes. it definitely feels like a race. It's like a waste of time. <laughs> that's that's wonderful. We'll just that's a good message. Teachers. Good message to send to everybody. Make start, sure kids start your own business, kids. Yeah, root for the aisles and drop out of school. Although well, um, I don't want to talk shit about my school because I told my English teacher to listen to this podcast. So shout out, Mr. Uh, Redarte. Damn. <laughs> I respect teachers, but um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> English is a um, very – that was one of my favorite classes. because You're such a liar. Read, right? No, I did. I, I couldn't stand like math, like calculus and all that. So, nah, not for me. It was boring. But like English at least, you know, you could put your, your spin on things. And I loved creative writing. So there you go. All right. Well, speaking of writing, I have a story that I can share that I hinted at at the beginning of the show. Oh, that was brilliant. It's a fiction story? No, no, it's nonfiction. So must have been Friday, um, and I'm up at the Jersey Shore, and I get a text message from a, a client slash friend of mine, um, and she knows nothing about hockey, right? So you can imagine my surprise when I see my text message, and it says, hey, uh, I'm flying back to New York, and I'm sitting next to an Islander, um, and he's really young. He looks like he could be like 19. I said, oh, okay. So, of course, I'm thinking prospects are reporting. She's probably sitting next to some, you know, just random kid or like maybe, you know, one of our one of our rookies. So I said, ask who it is. So she goes, so she like minute goes by. She texts back. He says to tell you it's number 13. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's a gangster okay. move for him not to say Matt Barzell and just be like, yeah, number 13, you know. Yeah, so I'm like, there's no way. I'm like, now she's definitely messing with me. She's probably like on the flight, having a few drinks, messing with me. Um, so I'm like, no way. <laughs> Sends me back a selfie of her and Barzy. <laughs> and Bill Guerin. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. So she's sitting next to Matt Barzell. I'm not going to say where he flew out of, but it's not that far from where I live. And I guess he was on vacation. So uh, I immediately, I have a picture on my phone because my girlfriend got me a Matt Barzell um, Thunderbirds jersey. So I have like an authentic junior jersey. And I, for whatever reason, I had a picture of me wearing it. Like we must have been at a game or something. So I send it back to her immediately. I'm like, that's one of my favorite hockey players. 
that is the best Islander and tell him he's the greatest skater I've ever seen. <laughs> so I totally start like fangirling. Right. And, uh, uh, and she's like, Oh, he says, that's really cool. That's his junior Jersey. And, um, thanks for the compliment. He appreciates it. So I'm talking kind of back and forth with her a little bit. She says that he's sitting down, he's watching film on the flight. Um, she said, he's like super cool. So he sits down at first and, and this is the funniest interaction. So again, she knows nothing about hockey. So he sits down next to her and there's like this family behind them and like the kids making all this noise and Barzi looks at her and he's like, this is what I get for all the hell I put my parents through, isn't it? And she laughs. <laughs> it's like kind of like thinks nothing of it. And she's like, okay, this like teenager is trying to talk to me. This is kind of weird. So she just doesn't even say anything. And then um, he tries to like make other like small talk with her. So like, obviously he's comfortable because he, he's like, okay, cool. This, this chick doesn't know who I am. Like, this is great. <laughs> so she's, she, so she, um, she goes, uh, are you in, are you in technology? And he's like, what? No, no one's ever asked me that before. So like she, she's like, this kid looks like he's 19, but he's sitting in first class. And, you know, he's got like this like West Coast vibe going. So she's like, I thought he was like, you know, like some dot com app kid or whatever. Like, I don't know. And he's like, no, no, I play hockey. And she's like, oh, OK, cool. Like professionally like you do that for a job and he starts <laughs> laughing he's like yeah he's like i played for the new york islanders and she's like oh oh well sorry dude i, I don't know anything about it <laughs> she just, and she just goes about like she just goes about her work and like two minutes later like i guess it dawns on her and she's like oh my god i have to text damon like i'm sitting next to an islander so that's when she started and he's just like joe cool he's like yeah tell him i'm number 13 she said that he was the coolest kid. She like respected his privacy. He was just watching, you know, watching, uh, watching film. Um, he offered her like a stick of gum. He offered to take her bags down when the flight landed. And, um, and they were just kind of, they were just, just chatting about like Long Island. He says he really likes it, but he loves Florida. He likes vacationing in Florida. He likes the heat. So watch out. You, you heard it here first. If Barzi signs with Tampa or Florida, down the road, you know why. Um, but like, he was really cool. Like he signed, like I didn't ask her for an autograph, but like she got me one anyway. And it just, you know, he like personalized a couple autographs. So I thought it was really cool. And um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to sell him a house since I know he loves Florida and I'm down here and I'm a realtor. So I'm gonna try to sell Barzy a house. But anyway, that's the story. I thought it was really cool. And uh, um, David, you were yeah. texting us with this. I, and I didn't hear, we didn't, you didn't only, only told us about like half of this. Yeah. So, this is new, like, half of this is new to us, too. I That's was texting crazy. him back, like, see if you can get him on the show. Like, get him, like, Long Island Sound Podcast. But, Dude, that would be, cr- imagine we get, like, an exclusive. Too much to ask, for sure. Oh, yeah. But yeah, that was that. the coolest thing ever. Yeah, I almost fell out of my chair. I couldn't believe it. So I'm, like, thinking, and I'm, I know that she's got, like, a two-hour flight, two-and-a-half-hour flight. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to ask her anything, but I want to ask one question and i'm like i have all these questions going through my head and i'm like what do i ask him what do i ask him and then i finally just said like you know what's like not an annoying thing to say but just anything so i i said when you get a chance ask him why he wears number 13 and that's like a personal thing for me because i've worn number 13 my whole life um so i just love that he wears 13 so i i wanted her to ask him that Unfortunately, she asked him while he was signing the autograph. So like he kind of like half heard her and didn't really answer. So I didn't get a short answer. But anyway, I thought it was cool. And 
like I said, I'm gonna slot. I'm gonna. Um, I'm following on Instagram. I'm gonna slot into his DMs and be like, "Hey, you know, you need a you need a place in Florida. I can hook you up." So anyway, that's the story. And then once I sell him the house, then we can certainly get him on the podcast. So don't worry about <laughs> it. And then we all win. We all win. Anyway, that's my That'll story. Be great. We'll oh. never have anything cool like that happen again. Sure. <laughs> so <laughs> that's awesome. Anyway. Ah, on to the news and a good transition again from Matt Barzell to Matt Barzell. Uh, I want to read a Barzy quote from Brian Compton, and I want you guys to tell me, is this news? Is it not news? Do we need to even read into this or does it, is, is there nothing there? Uh, his quote from yesterday was, I'm an RFA. I'm not a UFA. I'm not waiting to hit July 1 to see the market. It's more just when the deal gets done. Uh, that's right for both sides. I want to be on the island. Um, so that was reported by Brian Compton. A lot of people ran with it. And then today, Matt Barzell declined to speak to the media. I wonder why. Anyway, is it news? Is it not news? Ben? I don't think it's news. I mean, it's awesome that he wants to stay on the island. It's, it's clear. I mean, he sat on the plane that he loves Long Island. Uh, but I don't, I don't think it says anything about about it. I think if, if something from the article were to say anything, it would be Arthur Staples' comments about uh, if the Islanders were to offer Barzal like 9 to 10 million uh, in AAV right now, then they could get something done, but that he doesn't see that happening. I think that's the biggest takeaway from this article. I don't see Barzal signing before the trade deadline. Is that crazy? Um... <sighs> I honestly think after seeing what happened firsthand with Tavares, he probably was just like, I think I'm just going to stay here forever because if I ever leave this place, I'm just going to get roasted. Um, <laughs> man, that's kind of just my little take on it. I mean, I don't know. I mean, Arthur Staple can write whatever he wants, but I don't know. Arthur Staple's probably frustrated at his job too. He doesn't really get much out of the Islanders like organization for a guy who follows a team it ain't like he's like on top of like trade rumors and like breaks things before so i don't know does that does that really mean anything i don't think so i think i i'm and i'm with you guys i don't read into this at all i think it's he's pretty much just stating fact he's not giving any any flavor to the to the quote i think if anything what excited me the most about what he had said um this week was that he was really excited for what Lou Lamarillo was doing with the Islanders and building a winning culture. And that to me is the biggest takeaway from anything is that you forget. It's so easy to forget when you've been in surrounded by, you know, losing teams for so long and, you know, GMs that don't know how to win. Um, and you know, you go from Millberry and snow and all these guys, uh, Players respect winners and respect, you know, a, a winning culture that's being built. And we talk about it all the time with Lamarillo and Trotz, but there's a reason why Brock Nelson stuck around. There's a reason why Jordan Eberle stuck around and took less money. There's a reason why Barzil's saying what he's saying. These guys, they see it. They see the 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 culture that's being built here, and they want to be a part of that. And that is that is not lost on me, for sure, and it's certainly not lost on the players. And I think that is more than anything that Brian Compton's going to tweet out about, you know, the facts that Barzil's saying. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't read into it. Um, but it is, uh, something that we're there. I mean, they're already starting the hype trade. It's like the election, you know, you start like 
you start getting election ads and everything, you know, a year and a half before the actual election. It's like the same thing now. These RFAs for this year haven't even signed yet, and we're already starting to talk about Barzi, and it's just like, oh, let's just enjoy the season before we have to start sweating that out. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's my that's that's my take on it, and, and I, I agree with you guys. Um, second news item, Bodie Wild has a sprained ankle. Uh, I'm going to read uh, an excerpt from – um, from CBS Sports, and they got their information from Andrew Gross of Newsday. Uh, Wilde is currently wearing a walking boot due to a sprained ankle, Andrew Gross of Newsday reports. The Islanders' prospect training camp begins Wednesday, so it appears that Wilde likely won't be able to participate in the three-day affair. The 2018 second-round pick will hope to recover in time for New York's main training camp, which will get underway on September 13th. That sucks. Can't. I don't think, I mean, I don't think it's that serious. I mean, I'm, I'd rather it happen now than like October 6th, you know, let's just, it, it, season hasn't started yet. I don't think it's going to really affect too much. If they expect him to be ready in a, in like a week or two, then it can't be that serious. I'm sure if the season was starting right now, maybe he would battle through it, but maybe it's just a precautionary thing. Like, let's not push it. There's no reason to push it right now. It's September 6th. Like, and he's going to be in the AHL all season next year. So honestly, it's okay. If this was Dobson, I'd be a little worried because I think everything has to be perfect for Dobson to make this team. Like there can't be injuries. There can't be little you know setbacks when he's going to be trying to battle for a spot against guys who've, you know, we have six or seven established guys in the NHL. So I don't think Wild is battling for a spot on the Islanders. I think he's, you just want him to kill the AHL this year. Am I am I off when I say that? Or no, I mean, for sure, I'm with you about where he'll be. I I don't think there's a chance he definitely won't make the NHL. I don't think there's a chance that he doesn't play in the AHL. I mean, I think that's perfectly his level. But I think it also doesn't change the the fact that you know a, a guy gets injured. Obviously, you don't want him to get injured, and he's a serious prospect that I think we would be paying more attention to if we didn't have Dobson ahead of him. And you want him to do well. You want to kill it. You want him to kill it in the AHL, just like just like you said, Kenny. Uh, and so you just hope that he is back for September thirteenth, which would be pretty fast for a sprained ankle. That would be yeah. nice. Yeah, that would be quick. Like, uh, yeah, but you don't know how long he's had this boot on for. Like, did he just see him now and notice he had a boot on, or has this been on for like a couple of weeks now and it's coming to the end? You know. Yeah, I think it was just with him coming to camp wearing the boot that yeah, now so you're starting to get. Yeah, he could have had it for he, a while. This could so. be like a thing where it's you know it's, it's he's coming to the end. Listen, wh- what is it going to do or not do for his career being at this three day thing? It's much more important him being there for the real training camp. So let's just make oh, sure, sure he's going in 100. percent My my thing it's purely selfish. It's been a long time since we've seen hockey, and I really wanted to see what Bodie Wild could do against his peers before yeah. he starts, you know, before we throw him in the deep end in, in, mm-hmm. in training camp and he's competing against NHL caliber defensemen. Um, and I really just for, for gauging where he's at right now in his career. Cause you can tell, I mean, you, you watch these guys in, in, in preseason games, you can tell where they are as far as their development goes. And, and I just want Bodie wild to be 100% so that we can accurately say where we think that he is. I no doubt he's going to be in the AHL, even if he outplays Dobson in camp this season, 
he's not going to make the team just by by nature of where he can play. He can go to the AHL where Dobson has to go back to juniors if he doesn't make the team. So they can both develop, um, but one has to develop in the NHL. So I think that's that's why um, he's he again. Even if Bodie Wild outplays him, he's he's going to be be on the Sound Tigers. Um, so hopefully he can compete at a hundred percent. And um, this is just a little thing, but you know, again, it's not major news, but it's something to. Hey, first week in September, man, we're starving for news. So this is something. Mm-hmm. Uh, third item of the day. This is a told you so item. Uh, okay. Justin Williams announced not long after we recorded our podcast about, uh, you know, um, unsigned UFAs. And we talked about Justin Williams and uh, Justin Williams is taking a break. And per NBC Sports, uh, it they say, it seemed likely that there were only two real possibilities for free agent forward Justin Williams at the start of the offseason. Either a return to the Carolina Hurricanes for another season or retirement. For now, he seems to have met in the middle. The Hurricanes announced on Monday that Williams is taking a break from hockey and that he will not play at the start of the 2019-2020 NHL season. This is not a retirement announcement and does leave the door open for a potential return at some point, either with the Hurricanes or someone else. So my friend was on a plane and sat next to Justin Williams and said that he's going he wants to be on the island. Wow. Yeah. That's I didn't tell you guys flight. that. Was it the same flight? Maybe it was the everybody. same flight. Wow. Everyone was flying. Yeah. So no, I, I don't know. Yeah, you called it. I mean, it's pretty obvious. I, I'm just I, I was just excited at the possibility of the Islanders getting a guy like that because I think that I mean, I don't know if we really need a guy like that. We've had guys that have won Stanley Cups on our team. Um, you know, boy, Chuck, Lad, Kunako is stud, obviously. Um, Tom, yeah, I mean, we have what, what, Letty did Letty win a cup? Yeah, with Chicago, yeah, so Letty won a cup, boy, Chuck won a cup, Lad won a cup with Carolina, right? I think so. I can never remember if it was with Carolina or if it was with Chicago, but one of those two, one of those teams. So, I don't know. Yeah, he's probably going to always go back to Carolina or just retire. So good call, Damon. I'll give you that. Thank Damon, you. are you ever going to stop talking about this? Uh, yes. In I can't wait to be right about some. I wish we started our podcast last year because you guys would probably hate me with all the things I called right, which means I'll probably call everything wrong this year. So, Do you want to so, just yeah. give us a sampling of what you called mostly ranting on the phone to Damon? I called the Islanders trading back for Martin. I called them signing Laner. Uh, what was what else was there? I mean, those, those are two pretty bold statements. That would you said Grice impressive. is good. You gave you you stood. I always said Grice. Grice. Yeah, I always stood behind Grice. Yeah, always. and Grice. Yeah. Always. Kudos yeah. to you on that one. I like yeah. Thomas Grice. I mean, I was scream at this kid. I'm like, he sucks. He's terrible. Oh, man, he like, came off with such a bad year, but no, he was right. Kenny was right. Absolutely. Take it. I'll take I'm it. I'm telling you, guys, Thomas Grice. I called it in podcast two. So if you haven't watched, uh, haven't listened to that, go check it out. Shameless plug. Uh, Grice is going to Carolina next year. I'm calling it right now. Okay, that's a good call. All if right, Sorokin comes here though. If Sorokin's here next year, reiterating it. Reiterating it. Do you think Grice comes back if Sorokin doesn't come? No. If Sorokin doesn't come, I think he comes back. What would you? What, what would he get? What kind of AAV? I would give him the same. 
It depends on what numbers he puts up this year. Because if he goes back, like there's two Thomas Grices. There's the one from last year. There's actually one. Two years ago. No, there was. Come on, dude. You can't. Hold on. You look at Grice's numbers the past five years and tell me he's not one of the best backup goalies in the league, if not the best. Yeah, like, he's dude, he's so backup. good. He's so good. He no, he's like he's better than a backup because when you think of a backup, you think of a guy like whoever's backing up a guy, you know, a major goalie who's playing 20 games. Grice can play 30, 40 games. Like he's a guy where if your go- main goalie goes down, he can easily steal you games and keep and keep you in them. So like he's better than a backup. Not to mention no. a playoff series. He's a one B. Yeah, and he's the only, he's him and Tavares. The only reason why he went to the second round in the past twenty. Shout, out, shout out to Alan Quine. Alan Quine, ladies and, and gentlemen. And Thomas Hickey. Also, <laughs> hold Thomas on. Hickey. No, no, stop it, stop it, both of you. Grice stood on his head. Alan Quine had one one timer. As did Thomas Hickey. Thomas right. Hickey. You know, you know, you know that we're busting your chops, right, Ken? I'm just upset right now. I'm upset. You love Thomas Grice. <laughs> anyway, moving along, we had a couple of signings. Um, the I would say the the two biggest signings that we uh, or the three I should say, um, Clayton Keller with the Coyotes signed an eight year seven point one five AAV deal. Joe Gosh. Thornton with the Sharks signed a one year two million dollar deal. And Jake Gardner. This was a surprise. This broke today. Uh, Jake Gardner signed with the Hurricanes, four years, just a little over four million AAV per year. Um, I'm going to get into the Hurricanes a little bit later on when we cover the natural hat trick, but um, that's an interesting one. I always figured that he was coming back to the Leafs. I just thought they were waiting for Marner to sign so that they knew how much they could give him, but it turns oh. out that. I mean, how. No, you could. I you knew he was gone off the Leafs. Why wouldn't they have re-signed him by now? The the Leafs fans always pick one defenseman to just roast for no reason to like make up for their terrible defense as a whole. They just always single one guy out, like the Rangers fans do. They always pick like one guy to roast, and then the guy gets bought out or or leaves. Gardner was their probably their second best defenseman. I think it's a great move for Carolina. I think yeah. Carolina already had underrated defense as far as like, you know, they don't have a big name where it's like, oh, Shea Weber or Drew Doughty, but they got some qual- like solid players on D and, and for four million a year, I think that's a great I think that's a great deal. I would I would I would bring him on the Islanders if I could. If I could, you know, obviously replace Letty, I would bring him in yeah. in a heartbeat. Yeah. They also lost Calvin DeHaan, so they replaced him. That's a that's a win. You guys are Calvin just DeHaan stealing sucks. all my thunder here. You're Good. stealing all Good. my fun. That's what you deserve right. after bragging about Justin Williams, Carolina. <laughs> Me bragging about Justin Williams ended up becoming a what was Kenny Wright about last year. I Actually, you know what? I'm happy about that. Then. Uh, I'm sure you are. I'm sure you are. Uh, the bigger – we'll get into Gardner. But the bigger thing – and, Ben, you wanted to talk about this a little bit. Does the Clayton Keller signing um, lean towards uh, letting us know what Barzell's going to get next year? I don't think so. I mean, I think it def- it depends 10 times more on how Barzi plays this year, more in terms of production than actually how he plays, because those two aren't always the same thing. If you look at last year, Barzell, at least to my mind, played arguably as good a season, if not even better, just because of how much more well-rounded he was. Yeah, when you I look agree. at his defensive performances, I mean... If you put him on the penalty kill at the—I wouldn't have put him on the penalty kill, but if you put him on the penalty kill at the latter stages of last 
season, he wouldn't have been awful. He would have been fine. Yeah. If you replaced him with Milpola, I wouldn't. I would put Nelson there. But if you put Barzi there and your argument is to get him on the ice more, I can respect that argument. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disagree. I, I think that's kind of uh, – let's just throw out the comments you know, of him sitting on a plane with Demon's friend saying he loves Long Island. Let's just pretend he's not going to give us a discount. That number they gave to Keller, I mean, Clayton Keller, $7 million? The guy had 65 points his first year. He had 40-something this year. Barzell's a way better player than Clayton Keller. And if he's getting $7 million, then how much, are you gonna, how much is Barzell going to command? I mean, I think Barzell's at least... What would be too much for Barzell for you guys? Barzell is going to get closer to Mitch Marner money than he is Clayton Keller money. He's going to get 10 think, or 11 million. Yeah, I think Barzell's a I think Barzell's a 9 to 10 million dollar player. You get him for 8 years and then you roll the dice with, you know, what you're going to do um, when he's a UFA. If he's giving us a discount, it's going to be 8 8 years 9 million a year. That would be like he yeah, loves Long Island. For but sure. he could also be like Clayton Keller just got 7 million and our Temi Panarin just got 11.6. Uh, I mean, these contracts are crazy. Like, he could easily be like, I want 12. And the Islanders are like, okay, we have to do it. You know, but can you win a cup paying one guy $12 million a year? I mean, no, I don't think so. Can't. I you think can't. Barzil's a nine. I think he's not, depending on what happens with everybody who's clearly not going to camp. So all these RFAs are just not going to play this year, I guess. Um, depending on where those values come in, that's going to set where Barzil signs in. Right now, if that wasn't going on and Keller was the only, you know, Keller and Ajo were basically the only two signings to look at, I think you peg Barzi at like eight and a half to $9 million a year. But the question is, do you, do you give him another bridge deal and then sign him before he's a UFA or do you just, Shoot, shoot your shot and go with an eight-year deal. I, I mean, I would rather just lock up Barzi for eight years and not worry about it for a decade. For sure. Because then you don't have to worry about... Uh, then you can get onto other issues with the team. If you get Barzal lo- locked up, then you look at... You've got Barzal locked up. You've got Lee locked up. You've got Everly locked up. You've got Lee... Uh, got, uh, I said Lee. Who am I missing? Nelson locked up is who I meant to say. And hey, and, Josh Bailey. And, and Josh Bailey. And you didn't... You got... Both Bailey and, and Eberly on generous deals. I don't yeah. want to say like crazy generous, but generous deals. And then once you have Pulak and Taves, assuming they're going to sign, then you've got a core. And then you can move from there. If you get Barzal another bridge deal, then you're like, all right, we got to go from square run again. And it doesn't really matter how if that's going to affect the AAV that much, because to me that just is another stepping stone to get to the, the core that the Islanders are building. Yeah. yeah. I, I think a bridge deal would scare me a little bit because it's like, it's just a sign of them not agreeing and being like, okay, well, if I kill it this year or two, then you're screwed next year because you're going to owe me. And him, you know, I think Eberly Nelson, Lee signings kind of sends a message as a, as a, hopefully as a team that like, all right, guys, let's not be selfish here. Let's not, you know, obviously they respect the management and coaching. Finally, if there was ever going to be a one time to have to re-sign your, your number one player on your team, this is the management you want it to be because this is how we're going to get a, a, a 
a team discount or a hometown discount or whatever you want to call it. it. You know, it you could be in a much worse situation. Like Barzell could get, okay, do you want to make twelve million dollars a year in Ottawa or do you want to make nine point five on the island with our management and prospect pool? And I think it's going to be the latter. So. I think we're going to Here's be okay. What scares Thank me, God he's not an RFA this year because this would be a complete. I mean, think of the new, it, you know, all the the news that's going on with all these other RFAs. You know that the top stories be Barzal wants to play everywhere else but the Islanders. It would be a complete nightmare. So thank God he's not an RFA this year. Thank God. Yeah. What scares me though is that Barzal is only getting better. He's only getting that's a stronger good thing and for faster. Us. It's, it's a good. great thing for us. Dude, it's overpaid for cares. Yeah, but if you who cares. But here's the thing. Depending on what happens this season, and if he wants to sign, I mean, who knows? He might not want to sign a long-term deal. He might not want to sign for eight years. If we could lock him up for eight years, it's great because he's improving. He's getting better every season. And I think he's 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 gonna be how much is overpaying? Top 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 ten in the league in a few years. How much um, is overpaying? Eleven plus. Yeah, I wouldn't pay eleven. I I mean that's Tavares <sighs> okay. and Martin money. If if yeah. Barzell gets 85 points just this year. Would 11 million be too much? If he signs for eight years, no. Okay, so you want that extra year? I, if we're gonna if we're gonna pay him that kind of money, I want I yeah, I want him for as long as I possibly can. I mean, him. trust me, I don't want to give him 11 million a year. But listen, Kenny, he gets you were 85, 90 points. Barzell. You were telling you were talking about Barzell is only getting better. Maybe it was Damon. My bad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you're talking about Barzell only getting better. If you have a guy for eight years at even ten million, and then, like I was saying before, you have that core and you have a little bit of money to go around. It's not crazy cap space, but you're going to get Grice off the books. You're going to get Martin off the books. Hopefully, Letty off the books, and then you're going to get into the stages of can we get Boychuk out, and then finally, finally, finally. Komarov and Lad's deals will be up, and you'll have these guys coming in, and that's the team that you're looking for. As much as I want to win now just as much as you guys do, and I, I don't think we have to sacrifice anything to win now, this team in four years is, is with Barzal at $10 million, That core is ridiculous. Well, what would you say about five years instead of four years? Which leads me... To number five on the news report, which is the Hockey News released a five-year roster prediction for the Isles. And Ben, you you read my mind here, man. Now, this was interesting. They released a five-year roster prediction for the Islanders. And the way that they did this was um, essentially they're not assuming any trades or any free agent signings. It's basically everybody that you have now on the team— um, prospects and current contracts and what that roster would look like over the next five years. So all this talk about Barzil and locking him up for long-term and having that core fits right into this. So I, I'm going to read what the Hockey News um, predicts for our, our roster in five years, and then I'll let you guys have at it. Line one, Anders Lee, Matt Barzell, and Oliver Wallstrom. Line two, Otto Koivula, Brock Nelson, and Jordan Eberle. Line three, Anthony Beauvillier, Casey Sezikis, and Josh Bailey. And fourth line, Michael Dalcole, Ruslan Ishikov, and Simon Holmstrom, who we just previously drafted. Uh, on D, they've got Nick Letty with Noah Dobson, 
They've got Devon Taves with Ryan Pollock, and they've got Robin Sallow, who was our 2017 second rounder, um, and Bodie Wild. And uh, in between the pipes, they've got Ilya Sorokin and uh, Jakob Skarik. So real interesting. Um, what's more interesting to me is who is not on this list, but um, I'll let you guys have at it, Ben. Since you, since you uh, kind of led us here, Ben, why don't you uh, give us your, your thoughts first? I'm curious exactly what you said about who's not there. And the name that sticks out to me is Sebastian Ajo. Because to we were talking about it in the first podcast, and I, maybe the second one too. I want to move... I know that this doesn't include moving Letty because you, you can't move guys in this crazy five-year roster prediction. But does anyone not... I don't see why no no one's talking about Sebastian Ajo, considering they're talking so much about the other Sebastian Ajo. And he's the other Sebastian Ajo. We've got the real Sebastian Ajo, and he should be fighting for a spot. And he's not in this in this uh, roster. And you look at Robin Salo is on the left side. Sebastian Ajo plays on the left side. Robin Salo has been like good in his in juniors. And since his draft um, in, in 2017. But Sebastian Ajo is ready to be in the NHL. That's the one that stuck out to me. I know there are other guys that, uh, like Kiefer Bellows, that you guys are going to want to get into. But I want to talk about Ajo. Yeah, Ken, I know you've got a lot, uh, a lot of stock in Ajo. What do you, why do you think he's not on this list? Yeah, Sebastian Ajo not on this list over Robin Sallow. And another name on the list, this Ruslan Ishikov guy, I, I see a lot of people like that's the second time I've seen his name on a prospect list. I don't know. Was it the same people that wrote the articles with the top prospects that he was well, on? They, they didn't come up with this. This is the hockey news. The top prospect list is the athletic. Yeah. So it's like I just listen. I mean, we follow the Islanders. I think there's only a select few of us that actually like follow these teams and, and imagine being part of the athletic or the hockey news, like are they looking at it from more of like a zoomed out view where we're like laser focused on every single Islander prospect? Like think of how hardcore of an Islander fan they would have to be to say Robin Sallow is going to be better than Ajo. Like we don't like, are they like seeing things that we just don't see? I mean, Robin Sallow has not even played an AHL game and Ajo was our best defenseman last year is young. I mean, it ain't like Salo's a giant guy with size. It, and he didn't exactly kill the Swedish elite league or whatever, or Finnish Finnish league, whatever he's in SM Liga. Like to say that in five years, he's going to be better than a guy who's already kind of proving it at the second tier league in the, in the world. Like how much stock can you put into that list? And then the whole bellows thing, what did they expect Bellows to do in his first year of the AHL for him to not even be on the list? Like, okay, so he was highly touted. He has his first year in the AHL. And, you know, obviously 12 goals, seven assists is a little disappointing. I guess the plus minus also wasn't so great. He had a lot of penalty minutes, which I kind of like that he's not afraid of the physical thing. But he was one of our he was one of our last cuts last year. And when he's playing with high-end talent around him, the guy can just score. So I'm sure the development in the AHL had him doing other things to like round out his game, maybe more on away from the puck or defend, you know, just 
other things besides scoring goals, which obviously comes extremely natural for him, you know? So what exactly are they basing this off of? Uh, that I, I would love to have a conversation with the person who put together the list to just understand, like, are, are we missing something? Because I don't agree with a it's bunch Ryan of Kennedy. Ryan Kennedy put the list together, and, and I was telling Ben off air, the Hockey News is basically the only source that I use for prospect evaluation. They are on it. Like, they are locked in, dialed in. They get it. That's so awesome. When, I mean, let's learn yeah. from them then. I mean, what no, are they? Like, I don't get it. Look, like, they've got Otto Koivula on the list without Kiefer Bellows. Like, that's like, oh, whoa. Okay, so they are. Like, they get it, right? But is it based on just the one year? Because Koivula could easily go back next year and, and Bellows can be up. And then it, it, is Koivula off the list because he has one bad year? Like, I, I don't know. Like, it's crazy. It's a little crazy to me. It, it is. Well, you got to remember, too. I mean, they're having fun with it. It's a five-year prediction. I mean, this is, you know. It's an it's an insane concept even to have, but how is Letty still here in five years? <laughs> you know, like I don't think I'm going to be an Islander fan if Letty's here in five Look, years. Like I'm sorry, here's, guys. Here's why I think some of these guys are are off the list, and and I'll start with with the D. Um, I just think that how again, we, and I talked about this when we when we spoke about the athletic drop in the Islanders ranking. They weigh younger prospects a lot more than they weigh the guys that are the AHLers that are in their early 20s. If you're 18, 19, 20 years old, you're going to be a higher prospect in their mind with a higher ceiling than if you're 21, 22, 23. Ajo's 23. Um, Salo is younger than him. So it's just a little bit more, and he's bigger. So I think they're just kind of looking at, you know, who's got the higher upside and Ajo's had his chance to break in a couple of times. I mean, he played almost a full season with us underweight and, and, uh, but he looked good though. He did. Big guy too. And Bellows small. I mean, if you're, if you're talking about size, that also could be in. Well, Well, Bellows is not not small. small. No, is bigger. Bellows is not. Oh yeah. Well, Koivla is taller. Yeah, you know, but he's not even heavier than Bellows, you know. Yeah, no, it's not size because Ishikov is tiny. He's real. Yeah, he's, he's real crazy small. small, and it's like, yeah. okay, uh, hold on, like let's be real here. Ishikov's gonna be your fourth line center. I, I'm sorry, but a guy who's built five. Hold on, he's don't five seven one sixty five. Focus on he's where they up. have these guys slotted. That's I'm gonna go on not. on a limb and say he's a skill guy. Yeah, it's not the so he's not playing fourth line. No, no. But that's not the point of this. The point of this is just to show who the organization values to keep in the next five years. And they're saying no Hosang, no Aho, no Bellows. They're saying that these are the guys that they value. So that's where that's why I put this on on here is because I think that it's interesting to see guys who are dialed into the prospect game and they understand who's got the higher upside. You know, Bellows had such a rough year last year that he's not even in the plans, according to THN. I mean, that just that shows you how important this camp is for Bellows and how important the year is for him because yeah, that's not good that he's not on here. And Simon Holmstrom, I mean, the guy was just drafted. We know next to nothing about him, and they're giving him a crack over Bellows. So that's why I, I, I thought this was a good discussion. I'm also so pleased that they have Ilya Sorokin as our starting goalie. <laughs> Yeah, and Skarik's legit too. I know he had injuries last year, but he was like one of the best goalies drafted the year prior. You know, yeah. So, Same with Sostra. He's got size. Yeah, he had injury Sostra issues last year, but one of the best goalies when yeah. we drafted him, yeah. <laughs> like the same thing. And Skarik's big. He's like six four, six five. I, I like those big goalies. So yeah. 
Yep. Well, I think it's interesting. I, I'm a huge, I'm a huge Bellows fan. Um, you know, I talked about, I talk about my, my, my girlfriend being a Flyers fan, but when she lived in Portland, she went to a lot of winter Hawks games and she said that Bellows was an absolute monster for them. So I am like, I, I think that Bellows is, is, is one of our best prospects, one of our blue chippers. I just think that he had a rough year and I, I hope that he has as strong of a camp this year as he did last year. Cause that might. That might open, you know, that might open the doors for him. I mean, Barry Trotz said we're not going to have veterans holding back the development of our younger players. That's not going to be the case this season. So, man, it's going to be savage at camp this year. There's a lot of skaters for a finite amount of roster spots. And and I can't wait to just see these guys going at it. Even just reading an article about how camp goes from, like, Arthur Stapler or something— it's going to be so juicy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's probably going to be the plan for our podcast over the next three to four weeks before the season starts is really to kind of just really dig into the, the camp reports and see, you know, what's, what's going on. Who's um, you know, who, who's, who's stepping up, who's looking maybe disappointing, you know, cover the cuts. Um, we'll have a lot to, to cover um, especially now that it's you know that the summer is is over and, and we're getting into games and, and and camps now so that's gonna be that's gonna be fun um, so I think this is a good a good point here to get into our natural hat trick topic for the week um, and uh, this one we're gonna do something similar to what we did last week where we're gonna cover a general topic and then kind of break out into um, our top picks but um, Essentially, we're going to cover the Metro division, know thy enemy, um, and we're going to start from uh, first place, who, you know, who finished in first place, go down to to the bottom, and just kind of cover what our rivals have done um, in the offseason, and if we think they're going to be uh, a threat to the Isles. So, um, Ben, you're going to take us first through the, the Capitals, and the Capitals, of course, finished in first place, 104 points, just one point ahead of us, uh, with 48 wins, 26 losses, and 8 overtime losses so uh, Ben why don't you uh, take us through the caps yeah the caps didn't have that much going on they did lose Andre Burakovsky or they traded him to the avalanche for a second a third and Scott Kosmachuk a prospect and but their biggest their biggest um, move was I think re-signing Jacob Verana um, they got him back on a two-year contract and they got in a few other guys they brought back Christian Juice and also Chandler Stevenson, but they also lost Brett Connolly, Devontae Smith, Smith Pelly. Um, and they brought in two more guys, Brandon Leipzig and uh, Garnet Hathaway. So it's not huge deals per se. Um, so they I think. Gudis also. Radko Gudis. Right. They traded for Gudis. Um, they yeah, they sent Niskin in, Niskin in for Gudis, which yeah, was uh, that, kind of an interesting trade with Philly. Yeah, that was a while ago. Actually, that was June fourteenth. So they've mm-hmm. they have Gudis with it, which is a huge, huge. Um, they also got Philly to retain some of the cap. Well, that's a Comcast money, man. They they got they got all that money, so they're not worried about that. <laughs> yeah. So it's not. They got some some good moves, and also um, got out got rid of Burkowski. So or they got hit, rid of his signing rights. So. It's not crazy moves for Washington. They're still going to be, you know, they still got Alex Ovechkin. They still, um, despite not having Barry Trotz, I mean, they, they were fine coaching-wise last year. Um, 
So they're still going to be, you know, top three, at least top two, probably, and top one, probably. I, I would say they win, the, they win the division again. Yeah, for me, it's like if, you, if it's not broke, don't fix it. So they did some tinkering. I think they're a lot meaner on the blue line now with Gudis. I mean, I watched a lot of Philly games last year, and Gudis, to me, was their best defenseman all year long. I know he gets— I, I love him. Yeah, me too. I, I absolutely love him. Um, you know, he does the whole Radko smash thing. So, uh, he, he gets a bad rap cause he does some stupid things every once in a while and, and gets suspended, but man, he blocks shots and he's, he's a, he's a beast. I mean, he's still in the division, so it's not like, oh, now we got to worry about this guy. We, we, he's been in the division, but I was really surprised when Philly let him go. And I thought that was a real solid move by the caps. Um, I think they gain a lot more than they do, um, by, by moving Niskin in and picking up Gudis. So I'm a little worried about them because they, look, they've got the top end talent, um, you know, because Netsov, who knows what's going on with him and, and his, his quote unquote problem with uh, cocaine. Um, but, you know, they've got a solid, they've got a solid team. And I think they're going to be really battling for the top all, all year again. So, yeah, I think Ben, you're right. I mean, I think they're, they're probably, probably going to be up there. Um, I don't know, Kenny, what do, you, do you think that they needed to do anything else, or do you think they're pretty good where they're at? I mean, yeah, I mean, listen, they've been a, one of the top teams in the Metro for the past three or four years. You don't want to make too many changes. I'm not going to lie. I haven't really been following what they've been going on, like what they've been doing recently. But, yeah, you don't want to make too many changes when you're that good of an organization. They, they know what they're doing. I think I agree, either first place or or second place. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, speaking of second place, that takes us to the Isles, which we obviously don't need to cover. They finished with 103 points, 48 wins, 27 losses, and seven overtime losses, or shootout losses, I should say. Um, third up, Kenny, you're going to take us through the Pittsburgh Penguins. They finished in third place with 100 points, 44, 26, and 12. Yeah. Um, so just a quick uh, zoomed out view of, of what they've been, what their situation is. Um, I'll start first with the loss of uh, Phil Kessel. Um, and then they obviously replaced him or hope to replace his production with uh, Alexander Galchenyuk. Um, Phil Kessel is a guy who you could easily say he's going to score 30 a year, at least with the guys that are on Pittsburgh, you know, that the chemistry is there. He's got 26, 23, 34, 27, uh, the past four years, the guy's one of the best scorers in the league. I wish the Islanders would have signed, like somehow traded for him. I mean, him and Barza would be absolutely absurd, but um, uh, that didn't work out. So obviously they bring in Alexander Galchenyuk, who's, you know, came into the league as a third overall pick was supposed to be, you know, the guy showed glimpses of it. Um, a couple of years ago at Montreal where he had 30 goals that was in 2015, 16, but ever since then 17 goals, 19 goals, 19 goals. Um, his points have gone down. He's a minus 19, then a minus 31 the year before that. I don't want to put too much stock in that. I think Montreal is kind of like a dumpster fire, but um, yeah, I, I just don't see Galchenyuk replacing uh, the production of Phil Kessel. So I think that hurts. They're obviously a very top heavy team with, they rely heavily on 
uh, Crosby and Malkin. And Malkin actually, you know, obviously had a little bit of a, a step back last year with only 20-something. I think it was like 21 goals, um, 50-something assists. You know, a guy like Malkin's going to have to rebound and get 80-plus points for this team to be another 100-point team. Um, they really need Gensel to do what he did last year. You know, he seems to be the real deal and has crazy chemistry with Crosby. But um, what else did they do? Matt Murray, you know, started off the season not so hot and looked like himself towards the end of the, you know, towards the end of the season. Um, yeah, I mean, that's uh, listen. I still think they're going to be a playoff team. It's hard to say any team uh, with Crosby, Malkin, uh, and Latang back on the, you know, on D is not going to be in the, at least the wild card. Um, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go in ahead and say they're gonna probably be the third place team in, in the metro this year. I think I think it might be a little bit tougher for them, but I still fi- they're gonna find a way. Crosby and Malkin are too good. Yeah, I think Pittsburgh's you know definitely on the down on, on the on the decline. Um, they've been on the downswing a couple of years now. Their farm system's pretty depleted, so there's no more calling the next guy up as these as as their veterans get older and and they start moving on. So I don't know. I don't know if I see them as a third place team. I mean, like any team with Crosby and Malkin and Latang, like you said, you have to respect them, and I think they have a good shot at making the playoffs. But I think the Metro got a little stronger this year, and I don't think that the Penguins got much better. I think they're going to be kind of the same team, and you saw what happened. Um, in the playoffs, I mean, we 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 basically expose them. Um, so every team's going to look at the tape and see what we did to Pittsburgh. Um, you know, be able to do that same kind of uh, same play that same kind of game against them. So I don't know. I think they're a fringe wild card team this year. I don't see them in the top three. Um, I just don't think they've done enough to to mitigate their losses. And and they're getting older. You know, they were they were great. I you know they were one of the better teams in the last last few years here. But they're not they're not the same team anymore in my eyes. Yeah, exactly what you said. They the Metro got better and they didn't. I uh, agree with both of you. They're still going to make the playoffs, but but they're not going to be a serious contender. And and uh, that's all we have to hear from the Penguins for a while, which is fantastic. That's wonderful. The, 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 the shorter, the better. <laughs> all right. So next up, fourth place team were the Carolina Hurricanes, who we talked about a little bit earlier. Um, Ninety nine points. 46, 29, and 7. Of course, we know what happened in the second round, but we won't talk about that. A um, couple of their key additions. They got Eric Howla uh, from the uh, Golden Knights. Uh, they as today signed Jake Gardner, and they signed Ryan Dezingle. Um, out is Justin Williams and Calvin DeHaan, and again, we've talked about those guys. What scares me about the Hurricanes and them picking up Gardner is like they already play with such a fast tempo. And Gardner was a great move for them because he's high risk, high reward. And that's exactly what uh, Tom Dundon, their owner, loves. He just loves that fast paced, exciting hockey. He said that they'd rather, you know, he'd rather them lose like 6 5 than lose 2 1. So they're like the run and gun team um, out of the Metro this year. They're going to be super fast. They've got really strong centers. Aho, I mean, they've got wingers like Sveshnikov, Niederreiter. Um, their top four defensemen before adding Gardner were Jacob Slavin, Dougie Hamilton, Brett Pesci, Justin Falk. So their D is nasty, like nasty D, fast team. I'm I'm a little scared of the Canes to be honest, boys. Like I really am. I think they're 
I think they're going to be a real dangerous team. And if you're not careful with them, they could blow the doors off of you some nights. So you got to be real careful. The only weakness they have is, in my eyes, is goaltending. Any team that has Peter Mrazek as their starting goalie, eh, that's that's iffy. I mean, he can play great, but he can play terrible too. So you don't quite know what you have there. I know James Reimer is going to probably back him up now. Um so they're, you know, they're 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 okay, but I think they're just they're going to try to outscore you. And um, I think I think Trotz will have a, a, a an answer for them as far as that goes. He knows how to shut down fast teams, but um, but don't don't sleep on the Hurricanes. They have been they have been quietly building themselves a nice nice roster. Now I hate their road jerseys, so we won't talk about that. But uh, anyway, that's that's what I got on the Canes. What do you guys think? You agree with me? You said it with the goaltending, and that's exactly why they're going to bring in Thomas Grice. I knew it. I set that up for you, Ben. You know that, right? That was I put that on the <laughs> tee for you. I dusted the ball off. I said, here you go, kid. Step up to the plate. It's all <laughs> yours. <laughs> and that's why I'm going to say. without his caddy. I'm going to go out on a limb and say the Islanders are going to trade Sorokin, and they're going to just sign Grice to an eight-year deal. Now, well, that's all the time we have this <laughs> <time>. <laughs> I'm just kidding, but I love Grice. I mean, am I crazy? Am I crazy for thinking that these guys are a scary team this year? They're better than Pittsburgh. For sure they're better than Pittsburgh. I think the Islanders and Hurricanes will be second and third in the Metro. I agree with you. I agree with you. I I, I want to say the Islanders are going to be second. I think it's going to be the Hurricanes. Yeah, I think they're second in the Metro. They can just, just not suck. Like, don't even be good. We don't want – I'm not asking for top 10. I'm asking for, like, 16th, and I'd be thrilled. For, the, for what, the power play you cut yeah. out? Yeah. Yeah, I would say, you know, if we were, like, 16th in the league in a power play, we you're telling me that we don't have five more points we could have, like, salvaged last year out of our – you know, and we're bringing back the same team. Like you said, Pittsburgh got worse. Let's say Carolina got a little better. Columbus got worse. The Rangers got better, but 78 points. You're not going to close a 20-point gap with, you know, we'll get to that. The Devils, same thing. Like, yeah, they'll be better, but it's it's just going to be more balanced. It's, it's, it's just going to be like 101 points might win the division and like 80 will just miss. It'll be like really close for everybody, but the Islanders bringing back the same team, like I'm happy with that because not everyone else got better. Everyone else didn't really get better. We just got more balanced. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I, I I think the Hurricanes another you know another year under Brindamore now, um, you know a little bit more consistency. They found their identity, and that's what's scary. When a team finds their identity and they start adding pieces to complement that identity, that's when you have to take notice. That Jake Gardner signing wasn't a well. Who's the best UFA defenseman left? It's no. Who's the best UFA defenseman that's going to complement what we currently have? And that's what they did. So. Good on them. I, I'm telling you, don't 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 sleep on them. Um, and then a team that I think is trending in the other direction is uh, the fifth place team, Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, they finished with 98 points, 47, 31, and four. Ben, take it away. Yeah, the Blue Jackets. Um, I think moved the most in this division. Uh, the teams that were toward the bottom moved more than the teams that were toward the top, which makes sense. Although. The Blue Jackets, like you said, are definitely trending in the wrong direction. They lost Panarin. They lost uh, Duchesne. They lost to Zingle. 
I'm forgetting somebody. Bobrovsky. Bobrovsky. Bringing back, bringing in Gustav Nyquist is is not exactly going to solve those those problems. And and they got they've they've got some decent guys. I mean, Pierre Luc Dubois, Kim Atkinson, uh, Alexander Wenberg, uh, and then they've also got their sort of Islanders line. It's not to the same extent that that we have, but their Felino, Jenner, and Anderson line is is definitely or. Sometimes they play Dubinsky instead of Jenner. It's sort of they switch it up sometimes, but they that line's good. I they have that line. They send out you know defensive zone faceoffs and forecheck and that kind of thing. But it's not not enough to win them hockey games. They're they're looking at the basement. I think. Yeah. I would agree with that. I think that with all the talent they had last year for them to only finish in fifth place, you know, and I know a lot of those, those acquisitions were trade deadline acquisitions, but they had Panarin and Bobrovsky all season and they only finished in fifth. So now I think you're looking at a team that's in kind of a semi rebuild. They still have a lot of pieces. I mean, they've got Seth Jones and Wierenski and I mean, they'll be, they'll be fine. But I think they'll just be fine. I don't think they'll be very good this year. I think they'll probably looking at middle to the bottom. And then I think, you know, you'll kind of see them reload in the next couple of years and, and get back at it. But I think for but right now. Reload. Like, how are they going to? They traded all their picks to go to make a run that got one round last year. Yeah, well, you can still move some assets and pick up first round picks, especially at the trade deadline. Wait, I- they were able to get all those guys. They still have their next three first round picks. That's what they I'm saying. They made yeah, next they're... two second round picks and their next third round pick. But you look at the moves that they made at the deadline at, for their run last year. Like, yeah, okay, but they didn't do anything with that run. They you know they surprised the Lightning and then lost like everyone knew they would. Yeah, I mean they, they they slayed the beast though, man. I mean they 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 knocked off the lightning, which was impressive. But yeah, I, I give them props for going for it. I mean they had they had they it's had matchups. the backbone. It wasn't talent. It's just matchups like that. There's just a like you know, it's just Columbus is kind of built perfectly to beat the lightning, but the lightning probably would have beat everybody else. It's just matchups. I don't yeah. think they're like crazy good, and now they're definitely worse. I mean. They're not. They're not. Definitely not making the playoffs. They're going to be. I think the Flyers are probably better than them, and I, they don't impress me either. So I think they're seven or eight. The Jackets. Yeah, they're going to. They're going to have a rough year. Yeah, It'll be a lot of Tortorella screaming. That's what's going to oh, be. Oh yeah, but that makes the best TV. Yeah, so yeah. I'm, he's going to be so many it. quotes. So many I'm quotes from Tortorella this year. Oh yeah, and he's already getting on Wierenski. Did you hear about that? No, no, I didn't. Apparently, he said uh, that he would be. Uh, that he's not mad, but he'd be extremely disappointed if uh, <laughs> um, if he wasn't at the first day of training camp. And obviously, he's one of those uh, RFA holdouts. So, so good luck having Florella on your bad side. Funny story. I'm watching. I'm watching the Blue Jackets play the Flyers last year, and every time they go back on the bench to Tortorella, he's wearing more clothes, and I'm like. What is happening right now? First, like he starts with like a regular suit. Then he's got this Tortorella on the bench. Then he's got. I'm sorry. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Then he's got a vest on after that. Then the next period he comes out and he's wearing a jacket, like a like a track jacket over his suit with his suit jacket over that. 
And I'm like, what? Am I losing my mind? Like, what is going on here? Turns out, like, he was getting the flu, and he was like, yeah, he's like, got the sniffles. <laughs> And he's just constantly putting clothes on. I'm just like, I love this man. Tortorella just, he's the best. He's just, the best. I don't want him anywhere near my team, but please stay in the league forever. Uh, anyway. All right. So sixth place in the Metro last year, Philadelphia Flyers, 82 points, 37, 37, and eight. This is a real, this is a Dumpster real weird, fire. This is a weird team, man. So they, they obviously got rid of their GM, Hextall. Um, and and they uh, they fired their coach last year. They end up adding Kevin Hayes, Matt Niskanen, Justin Braun, which is kind of weird that they're they should, in my opinion, should be in a rebuild mode, and they're adding these veterans that like are not really not really great. Um, they lose Radko Gudis, the best defenseman on their team last year, in my opinion. Um, they lose Michael Neuvirth. They lose Wayne Simmons. They traded him at the deadline, which to me was stupid. You've got a, a, a heart and soul guy that wants to stay in in Philly, basically begging to stay in Philly, and they trade him. Uh, you know, it, it is what it is. But they've got a new GM, Chuck Fletcher. They've got a new coach. Um, but this team is all about Carter Hart, their 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 young kid goalie. Um, th- this this kid is he's the real deal, guys. Like he's he's gonna be um, probably the best goalie in the league in the next in the next two to three years. I mean, he's just, he broke every record in junior that you possibly could, could have broken. Um, he came in and looked like a, a, a true professional in his, in his first few games. Um, they've also got Morgan Frost. He's pretty high on their list. They've got a real good young group of defensemen with Travis Sanheim, uh, Provorov. He had a, he had an off year last year, but he's a, he's a solid D man. He's one of those unsigned RFAs. Um, they've got, you know, Robert Haig, They've got Sam Moran. They've got Philip Myers. They've got a, a big they, – their farm team um, was always number one uh, for the longest time. But that was under Ron Hextall, and that was under a guy who was very deliberate, very slow, but knew how to build a farm system. Um, and now they bring in Chuck Fletcher, who did nothing but put his team in, in, into a mediocre position talent-wise and salary cap hell. And he's already starting to do that, as proven by his – seven for seven year year deal with Kevin Hayes, which is probably the worst UFA signing of the sea of the off season. Um, It's just funny. Just let it be funny. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, but you got to remember I'm, 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 I live with a Flyers fan, so I need them to be okay. I, they can't be bad. It makes my life (laughs) not good. I don't think they'll be bad. I, I mean, look, they've got talent up front, but it's aging, you know, uh, Claude Giroux is not getting any younger. Um, They've got talent on the back end too. Oh, I mean, for sure, not crazy. Sure. Like, yeah, they're they're yeah. a fun team. I mean, they'll be a fringe playoff probably. Yeah, I think I see them more in the I see them more in the bottom tier of the of the Metro just because I don't know if they I don't know if they know what they are right now. Um, they've moved out some toughness. You know, again, you've got aging forwards, um, and you've got a young D group that kind of looked lost at times last year, and I think a lot of that. You know, had to do with Dave Haxtall, their former coach, and and just l- lack of confidence there. They had a big shakeup, so it'll be interesting to see what Vino does with this team. He's a guy who traditionally plays veterans, and they're a team that I think needs to start bringing their young guys in and 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 kind of rebuilding around that. So we'll see. I don't see them being a a, a world beater this year. Again, I think I think yeah, best case scenario for them is they're fighting for one of those wild card spots. I don't see them in the top three um, in the Metro. Kenny, I don't, do you agree with me? 
I'm gonna just default agree with you because I know that you live with a Flyers fan who's super hardcore and you've been watching this team just as much as the Islanders. So um, yeah, I mean, honestly, Philadelphia just even bef- you know prior to your uh, your situation with your girlfriend, like uh, they don't impress me. They always the NHL is always pumping them up. They're always one of the teams that gets picked to be a playoff team, and I just I don't think they're that good. I mean, okay, Carter Hart. There's a ton of pressure on this guy. Like you said, they got they lost their toughest forward and they lost their toughest defenseman. So now what are you going to do? You're going to outskill the rest of the league with the guys you have? I just don't see it happening. I mean, yeah, he might steal you some games, but I'm sorry, the Metro's too good. Like there's just there isn't enough room. Like I think the Rangers are better than the Flyers even this season. Like I, I don't know. I just don't. I don't see the Flyers being a playoff team or even being in the wild card. I think. They're going to be in the bottom, sixth or seventh, probably. Yeah, yeah, we'll yeah, see. We'll, we'll see what happens. There's, there's still some time to see who, who they bring up and 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 how camp shakes out. Yeah. So now we've got seventh place, our favorite team, the New York Rangers, seventy-eight points, thirty-two, thirty-six, and fourteen. Now, if you thought it was bad that I'm dating a Flyers fan, just wait. <sighs> Yeah, I'm uh so yeah, I'm uh dating and living with a Rangers fan. So that happened. It's actually pretty interesting, especially when the Islanders killed it last year, fifth place team in the league, not a big deal. Um yeah, it was fun last Rangers year. Rangers were like fifth bottom. Yeah, they were pretty bad last year. So um I had fun last year. But now we're living together. So like Damon said, you don't want them to suck too bad because it'll be super miserable. But um, let's just go over what the Rangers, uh, you know, some of their key moves in the offseason. I'm sorry, Kenny. I don't have any sympathy for you. I I hope they're terrible. Uh, Honestly, I do too. Um, I'd rather just deal with it than, you know, I'd rather them just suck and deal with it. But uh, (laughs) I think they're going to be better. Obviously, we lost out on the biggest free agent signing this year, probably uh, probably overpaid, but at Artemi Pradarin signs with the Rangers for 11.6, seven years. He's 27. He's a stud. Obviously, I would be just a butthurt Islander fan if I wasn't a little upset about the Rangers getting him. He's a, he's a great player. Um, then the Truba signing, $8 million per. He's 25 years old. I don't see the point production carrying over, but he will definitely help their defense, especially with Shattenkirk being bought out. So, you know, he, he's their top guy. I think he's a solid defenseman. I think that's, they're probably overpaying for him as they are Panarin, but the Rangers have money. It doesn't, you know, they always spend to the cap. So it, it is what it is. I, um, you know, he came from a team that was top 10 in goals for Winnipeg was, you know, could light the lamp last year. And I see at least, you know, if he gets, if he gets 40 points this year, if he gets 40 points every year, the rest of his career, that would be a win for the Rangers. Do I see it happening? I don't know. It all depends on, you know, a couple of the younger guys that I'll segue to Capo Caco, obviously the second overall pick. Um, You know, he, is this, you know, is supposed to be a stud. Let's, let's see what happens. You know, for every line, a, there's a PRV. So I'm kind of hoping he's the PR, PRV of that, um, that group of players, but 
this guy's probably going to have an impact. He's got the size already, even over um, Jack Hughes. I think he might even have a bigger impact his first year just because of, you know, of his size. Um, I think they're banking on this uh, Kravstov guy who, um, you know, he's supposed to be one of the top prospects in the NHL, but, uh, you know, not in the NHL, but looking at his numbers and his size, he, he didn't exactly light up the KHL last year. The guy had, um, I think he had eight goals this past season in the KHL. So f- for the range for, for him to be like ranked so highly as a prospect and, and not exactly lit up the KHL doesn't have the size, you know, he's tall, but he's skinny. I, I can't see him coming and playing in the AHL and the NHL this year and having like 2020. He, he, he's just not going to do that. Um, the Kreider situation is kind of interesting to me. Um, he's, he, he's a pretty consistent player. I think he has captain written all over him. He's defensively reliable. He's a leader out there. He's been a Ranger his whole career. Yeah, no, it's not just because I look like him. But I mean, honestly, like who would be, if you were going to, if the Rangers are going to name a captain right now, who would it be? Like Kreider's on the verge of not getting resigned, but he, in my opinion, he's, he's the Rangers version. He's the Islanders version of Andres Lee, like drafted homegrown, bigger guy, like kind of a workhorse, you know, he's a 20, 30 goal scorer. And I, I think a guy like Chris Kreider is, he's not, I don't think he's a selfish player where he's going to, a crazy amount of money. I think he would be fine with like a six year deal at 6 million a year. And that would be great. And if the Rangers don't want him, I would take him on the Islanders for sure. I mean, the guys, a, he's a power, he's a power forward. You know, he can walk down the wing. He skates great. He's got a great wrist shot. If the Rangers don't want him, I'll take him on the Islanders. But for the Rangers to be not trying to lock a guy like this up, it's like, what exactly are they doing there? Their center depth is Honestly, probably the worst in the league. Mika Zabinajad is a good center. I don't I don't think he's a first line center. And if he's a first line center, he's one of the worst first line centers in the league. So let's say he's let's say he's an average first line center. Who's their second, third, and fourth line centers? Ryan Strom is their next guy. So Ryan Strom is gonna do what? <laughs> it's like it's a joke, but yet the Rangers are 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 supposed to be a playoff team just based off of a couple rookies that have not played in the NHL yet. I mean, it's, it's crazy. So, so after Strom, you have, uh, Philip Heedle, who I like, I, I watch a lot of, I, every time the Islanders aren't on, I'm watching the Rangers. So I don't miss any games. I watch the Rangers, Philip Heedle. I think he's the real deal. I think he's a solid prospect and he'll, he'll be around, but for him to be a second or third line center at this stage of his career, it's not there yet. Then you have Brett Howden, He's a bum and won't be on the team, and he has two years left on his contract. He'll be gone. Elias Anderson, he has two years left on his contract. He won't be here either. He, so they they have no center depth. So if Panarin – let's say Panarin doesn't have uh, chemistry with Zabinijad. Is Panarin going to get 40 goals playing with Ryan Strom? Uh, I'm not just being a hater Islander fan here, but that's not happening. You know, like that's just not happening. So – and and they're not and they're not looking to resign a guy like Chris Kreider. It's like I, I just they're banking a lot on these two young kids, and I just under the bright lights of the you know of MSG, it's just 
how many how many rookies have actually worked out here? It's every guy they get is the next Gretzky. It was Pavel Buchnevich the year before that. He, even him, he's six three, like one ninety. He's these tall, skinny builds. It just doesn't work out. I don't know. I think the Rangers are de- they're going to miss the playoffs unless Henrik Lundqvist can turn back the clock five years, which you know he did have a good year la- good year last year, but. He's going to have to stand on his head with the guys they have on defense and the lack of center depth, which, you know, centers are the most important position in the NHL. Well, I mean, they're in the middle of a pretty major rebuild. And I mean, not according to NHL.com, they're like, oh, they're done with the rebuild. They got, you know, like, well, because all they got was Kako and that's it. And, 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 you know, they picked up Adam Fox and all that. What, What surprised me and Kenny and I had a conversation about this off air too was, um, that the athletic gave them, they were the number one prospect pool this year was the New York Rangers. And it was Adam Fox. It was Kako. It was Kravtsov. Um, and I just, um, you know, Shashorkin. I, I mean, yeah, these guys are good, but I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think the Truba signing, obviously Panarin and Truba, they got better just off of those two guys, but then to throw Kako in there, um, Adam Fox in there, Look out! They they could surprise some teams. They could they could they could be a, a a fringe playoff team this year if you're not careful. Any team with Hank has a shot, and for them to have a shot, you know, some of those years when they had no nobody scoring, and now to add a guy like Kako out there um, and Panarin, they've got some dynamic goal scorers now on their team. So you got to be careful with the Rangers. Yeah, they'll start off hot. They'll be like you know first place in October and. It'll just yeah. be, you know, that that that's what's gonna happen. Yeah. But let's just let's see. Up. Yeah, let's see what happens in February. Yeah. You know, when the league balances out and everyone realizes that they have no center depth. Like you, you can't win. <laughs> I mean, it's honestly the it's they, they have the worst centers in the league. They they have the worst centers in the league. Name a team with worse centers. You can't win in the NHL if you don't have two top centers. Start this year. I, the last year they kind of started pretty well before the the crazy Beauvillier four goals game they were around where the islanders were right yeah they started off strong last year i remember that for sure they always do yeah they do they do they always they they win the cup in october I, every I, time I joke uh, yeah i joke about that all the time is they they're the best best team in october but they're definitely to me they're tied for most improved with the next team, the New Jersey Devils, who finished eighth place, 72 points, 31, 41, and 10. Um, this team got some flat, added some flashy names. I mean, obviously, number one overall pick, they get Jack Hughes. Um, they Then they go out and they they trade for P.K. Subban. Uh, they get, they sign Wayne Simmons, who's going to add a lot of grit and probably not a lot of points, but a lot of grit on the team. And then the wild card pick which is uh nikita gusev who i wanted the isles to try to go after um they 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 ended up signing gusev so a lot of additions really no subtractions but there wasn't much to subtract from to begin with that was a bad team last year um it'll be interesting to see what hughes does with his share um with taylor hall you know they're they're building themselves a a good little team they got to be careful though because Hall might not be around next year. I mean, there's talk about him, you know, not wanting to sign a deal with the Devils and that that already those rumors have already started. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But I definitely think they've improved. I would almost say 
that the Rangers improve more than the Devils just because I think Subban's a little bit better than Truba. Um, and I think that um, Kaka will have a better first year than Hughes, but, you know, they're kind of like 1-2 right now. It's hard to say. But then after that, you know, you, you, the Rangers added Panarin where the Devils really didn't add a dynamic score like that. So um, I think they're definitely better too, but I think they'll be kind of in the middle of the pack this year. I don't think they'll be much better. I see the Devils and Rangers kind of just missing the wild card, but being on the bottom, I see the the Flyers and the and the uh, the the Jackets kind of rounding out the bottom there. Who do they so, have in that, the Devils? Well, that's their biggest problem. That's their biggest problem is they have you know Corey Schneider's been banged up for so long that they have Still no Corey Schneider. Yeah, that's their starter. Yeah. That's, that's their starter. Yeah, he was hurt. And last Kincaid year. won all their games last year. He was the one who went on fire and made them somewhat like not terrible. Yeah, Even they were terrible already, but Corey they're screwed. By now. Yeah, they're so again. I I you know they're thirty. Me, it's it starts in the net. It starts in the net, and when you don't have a solid goaltender, um, it makes things it makes things difficult. I mean, you know, Schneider's their 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 number one. Their their backup goalie is Mackenzie Blackwood. Like who? They they don't even have Kincaid anymore. So yeah, I mean, you know, they're a better team for sure. I mean, they've got Zajac, they've got Hall, they've got Palmieri. You know, but then for every one of those guys, they've got a, you know, Jesper Brat, Kevin Rooney, Pavel Zaka, Zaka putting it together, maybe, um, Miles Wood, Blake Coleman. Their D is their D is pretty, pretty garbage, I think. You know, Will Butcher, Connor Carrick, Damon Severson, Sammy Vatnin, Andy Green. I mean, they're getting old. Subban, yeah, Subban. was a smart yeah, Subban was a smart signing. He was a smart signing for them because I think a good he's, slap shot. he's overpaid, but he's marketable. And that, that market needs that. They need a guy who's going to be in the, you know, in the, yeah. in the limelight all the time. So I think that was smart for them to do. So I still see them not making the playoffs. I think they're, they're a bubble team. So uh, at best. Um, so that being said, we rounded out the Metro. Um, ben, you said you've got the caps, you think finishing first. Yeah, I think the caps are definitely first. Do you want me to go ahead and give my Metro predictions? Yeah, go for it. All right, I'm going to go Caps first. Let's see. Kane second. Isles third. Pens fourth. Oh, that's tough. You're looking at... Uh, uh, screw it. Rangers fifth. Just, just for your girlfriend, Kenny. Thanks. <laughs> Uh, and and also and also for you in in that weird way. And then oh, I'm just doing this on the spot. I I wanted to do this on the spot just to see how I was feeling after after we talked. And then I'll go Flyers, Devils, Blue Jackets. Okay. I know there are some crazy crazy thoughts in there. I think the Blue Jackets are worse than. You guys are making it out, and vice versa with the Flyers, but that's just me. Yeah, I think. I mean, I don't know. I'm gonna. I'll just go quickly. Let me see this list here. I'm gonna go uh, Washington. I'm think the Islanders are gonna get second. I'll go with. I still. I just don't think. I mean, 
Carolina is relying heavily on Morazic being the guy that he was the, towards the end, and I just, I, I just don't see like the. He hasn't proven it enough for me to to think that they're super for real yet. So I'm gonna go. It's between them and Pittsburgh. I'll go. I'll go Carolina and Pittsburgh wild card at fourth. Philly, Rangers, Columbus, Devils. I think Devils are still on last. Yeah, it's interesting because we have some different. We have some different takes. I, I'm gonna actually. This is just. This is gonna be a hot take. Okay. This is gonna be an unpopular opinion. I'm gonna say Carolina first this year. I think they're gonna take the momentum that they built in the playoffs. They made the Eastern Conference Finals last year. And they're better. So I'm going to say Canes, one. Caps, two. Isles, three. Penguins, fourth. Rangers, fifth. Devils, sixth. Flyers, seventh. Jackets, eighth. I think the Rangers and Devils have improved. I think the Rangers have improved more than the Devils. I think the Flyers are going to be... They, they're they the only ones I can't really peg. I think the Jackets are definitely in the bottom. And I think I, I could see... I could really see the middle of that. Pens, Rangers, Devils, Flyers finishing in any order. I think they're like the middle. You know, you're only going to see them separated by a few points. So, you know, somebody gets hurt or whatever, it changes it. But I think your top three teams are Canes, Caps, and Isles this year. And the rest is really a crapshoot. So I think we stack up well, but I don't think we're better than last year. And I think that the division's a little bit better, and that's going to hurt us just a little bit. I still think we're going to get 100 points. But That's the thing. Think... You said like we have all had uh, Damon. You had the Canes first, item second. Kenny, you had him third. And I think could we all agree if Thomas Crush was their starter? I think they'd in the division no competition, not comfortably. But I think they'd be first. They'd be division winners. If it, if it was so. him and Mrazek, right? If Grice was splitting it, Mrazek, but Grice is not a starter. But that's but that's the reason why I don't think Carolina is going to win the division is because Mrazek has never you know he's never been a starter starter like is he gonna play 60 games and win 40 like i know i don't know uh, yeah. show me yeah well that's why they play the games so um well before we wrap it up i think ben you wanted to touch on one thing before we close out yeah i wanted to uh ask you an islanders personal related question and it was sparked by me getting out of the shower about two and a half hours ago and putting on my Islanders Johnny Boychuk jersey, which was my second Islanders jersey. My first jersey was a not an official one. This one is my official one. Uh, The first one that I got was a, you know, the replica with the, the, I I don't even know what to call the material. Uh, Fake. Yeah, fake, basically. (laughs) as much as it was awesome because I loved that black alternate, I, I don't want to talk about it because of the guy on the back. Mm. Uh, so it's Why weird rotting in my closet, in my closet. I don't know what to do with it. Donate it. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, I'm going to donate it. Uh, anyway, so I wanted to ask you two questions. The first being... What was your first Islanders shirt or Islanders jersey? And second, what was the best Islanders-related gift ever given to you? Because my Boychuk jersey was a, a Hanukkah gift for my parents. Mm. Um, okay, well, let me think here. My, my first jersey ever was um, a Pat LaFontaine jersey. I was two, 
and I wore that with a with one of those Milek street hockey helmets when I went to the games because I thought I was cool because I was two years old. So it was Pat LaFontaine. Um, my favorite Isles gift, it's pr- boy. So, okay. So my girlfriend, she, she just, she kills it with, with hockey gifts, right? So she got me a Barzil signed puck. She got me a, um, Barzil, uh, Seattle Thunderbirds Jersey. After they stopped making them, she had them custom make the Jersey that he wore. And it's like real and everything. It's awesome. I love it. Love it. Love it. But my favorite gift was Back when Tavares first left the team, he called Barzil the kid who won the Calder. And someone photoshopped Matt Barzil's Twitter feed and Twitter profile to say the kid who won the Calder instead of like, you know, New York Islander, professional hockey player, whatever. It said the kid who won the Calder. And (laughs) my girlfriend took that picture and made a pillow out of it. And posted it to Spit and Chicklets um, Instagram, and they retweeted it, and Barzil liked the tweet. And I have it <laughs> sitting in my office. I'm looking at it right now, and it's great because it's got him sitting on there next to Lee. Tavares is on there. Everly, it's like the the gang's all there. Bovi, because um, he had like an over the over overhead bench shot on as his like Twitter um, profile pic um, for like his background pic. And it's great. And it says the kid who won the Calder. And like, that's my. Love the thing. So that's my favorite. That's my, my favorite hockey gift. Uh, I mean, should we just. I don't know how yeah, I should. That. Yeah, I don't even think I should say it. I think we just end the show. <laughs> I mean, no. I got. I, well, that's I, all we got time for. Like, honestly, I, I don't even remember what my first Islander like jersey was like i remember having a jersey with no name on the back but i'm real i honestly don't remember what my first islander like i don't know i don't even i i used to buy other teams jerseys like i, I had like a le cavalier jersey i had a coble chuck jersey but i would never buy because the others are so bad when we were growing up i didn't want to like tavares like honestly when he first got drafted i got a tavares jersey um but before that like I don't remember having an Islander jersey with anyone's name on the back. Like maybe, yeah, no. So yeah. just Tavares, which is sucks. An Islander gift, like, uh, yeah. I mean, your story was pretty ridiculous. So I think maybe we'll just, uh, yeah, you can win. I throw, can I throw an honorable mention in there? Sure. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not kidding when I say that that she's crazy with gifts. So for my birthday. Can she buy me a gift? <laughs> Maybe. My birthday's so, in a couple sh- days. Shout out, shout out to Jules because she just knows. She knows how to. She 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 just knows what what you, when you're a fan like that, you know what another fan's gonna go crazy for. So one of my favorite non-islanders is is Jeremy Roenick. For my oh, birthday, yeah, she no, did a cameo it. with Jeremy Roenick where. <laughs> Jeremy Roenick basically is talking to me for three minutes about how much Jules loves me. And he's sitting in like the Alps or something on vacation. Yeah. He's like, dude, we got to make you a Flyers fan. Come on, you're an <laughs> Islander fan. Boo. And he's talking to me yeah. through the phone. I'm like, this is insane. Like what? It was Jeremy Roenick. So, I mean, yeah, she gets, she, she goes nuts with the gifts, man. Like, and it's terrible because I'm like, oh, do you, do you want a Carter Hart jersey for your birthday? Would you, would you like that? Like, <laughs> dude, you're going to have to get her like a dinner with Carter Hart to like, even like, (laughs) no, it's impossible. She just, she outdoes me every year. Like she runs rings around me. So 
Anyway. Kenny, I have a follow-up question to Damon, your girl, your Flyers fan girlfriend getting you Islanders gifts. Do you mm-hmm. get your girlfriend Rangers? Oh, I knew you were getting this, yeah. <laughs> and did your girlfriend get you Islanders stuff? I've never purchased any Rangers anything. Just kidding. Such uh, a- yeah, no, no, yeah. I uh, ended up getting her a um, Zabinijad uh, a white, I think it was like a, an away Zabinijad jersey and a home Kreider jersey. Yeah, I mean, listen, I didn't make the Kreider thing up. It was her favorite player before we met, so just happened to be that I look like the guy that she was obsessed with. So win Did for me. Did she make you wear the jersey around the house? I would never wear the jersey. <laughs> Ever. I think the closest I've gotten to buying anything of the opposite of another team is not a rival, but I... In addition to being a hockey fan, I'm a huge soccer fan, and my team is Manchester United. Um, and my best friend is a Chelsea fan. So they're rivals, but they're not like crazy rivals. It's like Islanders and Penguins. Uh, and so Chelsea's biggest rivals are Spurs, or that's their nickname, uh, Tottenham Hotspur. And that's like Islanders Rangers. Um, and it's one of the most violent rivalries in in english soccer uh anyway so i when i was in england with him and my other friend my other friend is also a manchester united fan and we went to the stadium of spurs because it's new and we took a tour of it uh and we went into the gift shop and we got a little teddy bear that was of spurs and when my best friend who's a chelsea fan was sleeping we put the the doll or the the bear i don't know why i said doll next to him while he was sleeping and took a picture of it um so we always are gonna have that against him so like like imagine if someone had something rangers uh like a rangers doll with right next to you while you were sleeping and held that against you for the rest of your life that's dirty and um i think that purchase was well worth it and it's still in my closet so I, I can use it again. <laughs> you got to send it to him next time. Next time the Spurs beat uh, beat beat Chelsea, uh, you should send him send him the uh, the Teddy. Yeah, I think it's actually going to be a few weeks from now. I mean, he probably doesn't think they're going to beat Chelsea, but there's nothing more passive aggressive than sending somebody a gift. Like um, one of our friends, her boyfriend is a Penguins fan, so when we swept them, I sent him a broom from Amazon. That's the greatest. You just have the best stories today. What is it? <laughs> I'm all about stories, man. But yeah, I sent him a broom and he, he he sends me a video back. He's like, oh, what is this from 1980? The last time you won something? But you could, he couldn't really say anything. Now, what he should have done was send me a broom back when we got swept. But he wasn't sharp like we are. So, anyway, well, Ben, that was good stuff, man. Good good questions. I like it. Um, Well, guys, that is, unfortunately, all the time we have this week. We'll be getting into... Probably a lot of um, a lot of camp reports, like I was talking about, and and just kind of you know more more you know in depth Isles coverage. But we wanted a chance to at least cover you know our opponents and 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 what we think the division has been up to this year um, before we really get into the weeds and we start talking about prospects again and uh, and getting into the camp. So we thank you guys for listening. We know this was a little bit of a longer episode, but but thank you for all the support. We've had some great uh, great numbers with with our views so far and our listens. Um, we're on Anchor FM, we're on Spotify, we're on SoundCloud, and we are on iTunes. So make sure to uh, to look us up. Just search for the Long Island Sound Podcast. Uh, for Ben and Kenny, I am Damon. Thanks for listening. Have a good Damon, day. we've got a few more that we're on. We're on oh. Anchor, Google Podcasts, 
Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public. Now that's a little bit too much to broadcast on, on Twitter. So we just advertise SoundCloud, Anchor, and Spotify. But totally hit us up on any of the other ones. Just search for the Long Island Sound Podcast, as Damon said, and you should find us perfectly. Well, there you go. See, I didn't even know that. Half of those I think you made up, but I can't even <laughs> prove that. So I threw one in for fun. Well, and, uh, and again, you can ask any questions, you know, on Twitter. Um, get to Ben at L.I. Sound underscore. And I'm at Kaiju Blue 13, K-I-J-U-B-L-U-E 13. And uh, again, thanks, guys, for listening. Have a good one.